Welcome to Curiosity Taught the Cat, the podcast where we take animals you see every day, animals you've heard of, and animals you didn't know existed, and break them down in a single episode. Our goal as animal lovers is to spread knowledge and awareness about the creatures we share this floating rock with. We hope you learn something new. Hello and welcome to Curiosity Taught the Cat. I'm Jack. I'm Julia. And today we're going to be talking about the North American raccoon. And the North American raccoon has a bunch of different names. Uh, As for more official names, so there's the American raccoon, the common raccoon, or the northern raccoon. And then uh, its scientific name is the Procyon lotor. And then I I say that because we're going to get into a bunch of nicknames that the raccoon has. And it is quite a few. So the pow, it, raccoon is a, or there's a Powhatan for animal that scratches with its hands, which uh, that tracks. They do have little hands that they like to scratch with. Uh, the Latin name is Latin for before dog washer. Uh, and we'll get into why the term washer comes up. Uh, it plays a big part in them. Uh, their Spanish name is the one who takes everything in its hands. Uh, they are very grabby and they do like to carry around stuff. And then the uh, last four, which are a little more fun, there's the wash bear. Uh, the coon, which uh, I'm sure a lot of that's a more uh, like Americanized uh, term that is used. Uh, ringtail is another one, which makes sense. We'll get into with its description. And then the last one, which is the most fun one. It's a more a recent term uh, really from the Internet, and that is the trash panda. So as we mentioned, they are the North American raccoon. So they are native to North America. Uh, they are also found in some places. Uh, they're distributed in other continents, such as Europe. Uh, they're found mainly in Germany there, as well as uh, Japan. There's also a small population that is found in Japan. And they are, uh, you know, pretty much used to mountainous areas, marshes, uh, grasslands, and stuff like that in North America. Um, but especially uh, as of recently, they started moving more into urban areas. Um, and I'm sure, you know, many people can attest they have seen raccoons rummaging around their neighborhood at some point in time. So they have started moving in and adapting to uh, the new lifestyle, I, I think you would say. And uh, because of they were introduced to Europe, they're actually listed on, as an invasive alien species in Europe. Uh, and you understand that they, they are can be considered pests. Uh, they get into a lot of things that can mess up gardens and farms and whatnot they can attack other domesticated animals so they are listed as an invasive alien species so the size of the raccoon um typically they spread between 16 to 28 inches in length so about up to two feet um and their tail can add at most another foot up to that um and they weigh anywhere between 11 to almost 60 pounds um and this is typical and you know especially in uh, places such as north america As you tend to go farther south, the raccoons tend to be smaller and weigh less. And then as you go north, they are larger and weigh more, um, you know, mostly due to climate and things like that. So that's why there's such a fluctuation in everything. So the raccoon itself, the coloring, it's pretty standard um, all across the board. It is mostly, mostly uh, the main color of the body is grayish, brownish, black. And then the tail, uh, which is why it's called ringtail, has black and white stripes that go all the way down. 
And then the face as well, it almost looks like it's wearing a mask. Um, you'll see that a lot. It, it almost like a picture, like an old fashioned robber mask. It, that's what it looks like it's wearing. So it has a black uh, ring around its eyes and nose um, with a little bit of white around that as well. And then another big defining feature of the raccoon is probably its hands. Um, so they are called hands, uh, but they, they really are more feet. They don't have opposable thumbs like uh, apes or humans do. Um, but they do like to grab. And uh, their method of locomotion is called plantigrade. So they walk on all fours, but kind of similar to like a bear, how they can stand on their hind legs and do stuff with their front paws and can uh, manipulate objects and whatnot. Uh, that's what raccoons are known for. Uh, they have smaller uh, legs compared to their body. So they're, they're really not very fast. They don't run very quickly and they can't really jump very far. Uh, their top speed is about 10 to 15 miles an hour, which uh, that is fast, but a human could very easily outrun a raccoon. Um, they are very good swimmers though. Uh, they may not be able to swim quickly, but they are very uh, efficient swimmers. They can only swim about three miles per hour and they're able to stay in the water for several hours. And then raccoons are also able to go down a tree head first, which is really unusual for a, a mammal that is that big. And they do this by rotating their back legs so that their back feet are pointing backwards, uh, which is very interesting to think about. And that, that's how they're able to get down a tree head first. And then something really interesting about the raccoon's front paws is that they are very sensitive. Uh, almost two-thirds of the area responsible for sensory perception in the raccoon's cerebral cortex is specialized for tactical, tactile impulses, which is touch. Uh, and most of those uh, nerves and whatnot are in the raccoon's front paws. Uh, they are actually able to like identify what an object is before they even touch it uh, because of how just sensitive a lot of these nerves are, especially in their fingertips. Uh, and they don't have any webbing between their fingers, which is usually, that's uh, not very normal for an animal of its type. Uh, and then also the sensitivity has been seen to not be impacted at all by cold water or cold temperature. So even though they are incredibly sensitive, they're also incredibly durable. And, uh, you know, when we think of hibernation, we think of bears typically, but raccoons also hibernate. Um, so, like I said, the range is all of North America. So, in the south, this hibernation can be only a couple days if there's, a, like, a random cold spell. But in the north, when we have, uh, like, standard winters, it can be almost four to six months. So, before uh, the winter comes, they will eat as much as they can to retain so much body fat. And they can actually double their body weight um, between their springtime and right before hibernation. And the raccoon has um, a very wide range of a diet, really. It can eat anything from nuts and seeds and fruits to things like eggs, insects, uh, crawfish, frog, and fish. So it has a wide range of uh, food that it can choose from. And they are actually called the washer. We mentioned this earlier. A lot of their nicknames uh, is washer because they often clean their food. And I put that in uh, like air quotations when I say clean. Um, they basically uh, like to dunk them in water and rub parts of the food that they don't necessarily need to eat. So it's not more of like a sanitary thing. Uh, it's kind of picking and choosing what's the best part to eat of whatever they have. And then as for what eats the raccoon, uh, there, there is quite a bit. Even though raccoons are known as pretty scrappy animals and they will put up fights, there are still a lot of things that will eat them, uh, such as cougars, bobcats, coyotes, domestic dogs, 
Uh, even larger owls, if there's a, a juvenile or young raccoon. So large owls and eagles will also prey on the younger raccoons. And then getting into the courtship for raccoons, uh, during the mating season, males are basically constantly on the roam trying to find uh, females. And males will try to mate with as many females as they can to just help boost as many the, the population as much as they can. Uh, but it's usually in a very uh, small central area that a lot of this takes place, and it's usually their more home range area. And then the, the whole the copulation process can last over an hour and is repeated over several nights to just help kind of reinforce and make sure that they are able to uh, successfully impregnate the female. So after a successful mating, uh, the gestation period is about 65 days, so about two months uh, that the female is actually pregnant. And she will give birth to two to five young. And they are also known as kits is a specific name for them. But they are also called cubs as well. And they are born in the spring. And the kits are raised by their mother. So after uh, mating, the males, you know, they typically leave. It's just the female that takes care of them. And they are raised by the mother um, basically until they are long, long enough to uh, defend themselves in the wild. They do rely on the mom for milk as they cannot eat uh, actual hard food for about six weeks. And the babies are actually born completely blind and deaf for the first couple of weeks. So completely blind and deaf, relying on their mother, and their eyesight comes back first, and then their uh, sound comes back next. Uh, and then getting into the uh, more family societal behavior of raccoons so related females usually will share like a common area that they all like to roam in while you'll have unrelated males a bunch of bachelors living together in groups and it's usually up to about four raccoons and they do this in order to uh basically defend their territory and defend like the females in their area from other groups of male raccoons and then the sounds they employ are all over the place. There's a very wide range of sounds that they make. And they are, so they are nocturnal animals, so a lot of these sounds are made at night. Uh, the types of sounds include barks, growls, snorts, screams, whines, whistles, and many more. There's probably one that's a very defining sound. I've definitely heard it in my life. It's a very eerie sound because it sounds like a baby crying. Uh, it's usually a raccoon that's in distress, and it genuinely sounds like a human baby crying. It is a very scary sound to hear at night. And as for their population size, uh, there's not an exact number known just because of their large spread and distribution, but they are least listed as least concern. Um, the main threat to them would be habitat loss um, as of today, um, but just due to their adaptability, like I said, they're moving more into urban areas and adapting. Uh, they are doing just fine as of now. Uh, one of the biggest threats to them, actually in the 19th and 20th century, uh, is raccoon fur coats. So they were hunted a lot for their fur. And this was right around when uh, cars were being made and started becoming popular. And raccoon fur coats were a uh, very special co commodity to have while you were driving in your car. Uh, so in the 1830s, the United States Whig Party, one of the political parties, used the raccoon as an emblem, which uh, made the term coons come about because that's what their political opponents called them. So earlier we mentioned the nickname coons. This is where it comes from. And then the raccoon in a lot of entertainment, such as movies and TV shows and whatnot, uh, they're usually seen as very shifty and like thievish creatures. And you see this also in a lot of stories across like a bunch of Native American tribes as well. Uh, like there's a there's a story about how raccoons catch so many crayfish. 
uh, that like talks about the skills of the the forging skills of the raccoon. Uh, in other tales, the raccoon plays some trickster that outsmarts other animals like coyotes and wolves. And then the Dakota believe the raccoon has natural spirit powers since its masks resembles uh, facial paintings. Uh, similar to like what the Dakota use. And then the Aztecs linked to the supernatural abilities, uh, especially to females. Uh, so because their commitment to their young was uh, so big and uh, it was very pivotal to the, the role of wise women in their society. And as for the largest raccoon uh, that was ever caught, it was caught uh, during a hunting season and it was about 55 inches in length. Um, which is between four and five feet, and it weighed 62 and a half pounds. So it was a very large raccoon, and I don't think there's anyone that that's big uh, that's around anymore. <laughs> and that wraps up what we have on the North American raccoon. Uh, thanks for listening. Tune in next week where we're going to be talking about the leafy sea dragon. I'd also like to thank my friend, the musical artist known as Shades, for creating this amazing intro and outro for this podcast. I highly recommend checking out his other work.